1: And this is simply a platform to share these empowering Kiwi birth tales with you all. Relief is just a spray away with Viva La Vulva Postpartum Healing Spray. We take care of down there while you take care of your baby. Viva La Vulva Postpartum Healing Spray is a fresh approach to natural postpartum care for mamas worldwide. Viva La is an all-natural soothing spray that eases the discomfort of postpartum vaginal swelling, soreness, and tears that can occur during childbirth, because ouch. Viva La supports new mamas in those very special first few weeks after their baby's born. Viva La comes highly recommended by midwives and mamas alike, and for a limited time, Kiwi Birth Tales listeners can grab a special 10% discount with the promo code KIWIBIRTH when you shop online at vivalavova.co.nz. I'll also pop that discount code in the show notes to make sure that you've all got it and probably post about it on Instagram too. And I just wanted to say a massive thank you to Stevie from Viva Volva for jumping on board and sponsoring this episode. I really, yeah, would love you to get around their products and go and check out their page. In this episode of Kiwi Birth Tales, I speak with Rebecca about her two birth stories and also her really exciting surrogacy pregnancy that she's currently uh, pregnant with. So Rebecca takes us through her first birth, which she was young, and she ended up having in a hospital and needed quite a few interventions, and then she takes us through how that helped her to decide to have home birth. So really interesting episode, I know for sure that you're going to laugh about a hundred times like I did, but amongst the laughs, Rebecca shares some really great advice. So I hope you get a lot out of this episode, I know I definitely did, and we will jump into it now. Hi, Rebecca. Thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. No worries. Would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about you and who's in your family?
0: So I'm Rebecca. Um, We live in Christchurch. We have been down here for like four and a half years, but originally from the North Island, grew up in Taranaki. Um, My husband is a police officer down here and I have two children. Rocky is six and a half, and Ruby is four and a half. Because you cannot forget the halves. Um, so <laughs> she's five in October, and I'll have both kids at school, which will be so great—one drop off, one pick up. You know.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Cool. And I know that you've got a uh, exciting journey going on at the moment as well. I mean, Do you want to talk to us just a little bit about that before we jump into your birth stories? Totally.
0: So um I just forget. So I am <laughs> currently knocked up with baby number three, if all goes to plan, for somebody else. So I am uh, being a surrogate. So we I think we'll talk about it a little bit later, but have basically it's a year and a half ish in the making and I have got a four and a half week old pregnancy um <laughs> embryo situation inside me. So yeah, it's really, really cool.
1: Yeah, amazing. Oh, I look forward to hearing more about that later on. Cool. So let's jump into your um, pregnancy journey with Rocky. Do you want to take us through what the journey to pregnancy was like for you?
0: So um, I we had Rocky when we were 22, and he was very much not planned. We were <laughs> in Palmerston North living in Army housing. Gerard was in the Army um, before he was a police officer and we I just I actually had an IUD in so I had the copper IUD in and I it was Anzac day which if you know military <laughs> life that's a big day obviously um and so we'd been at the dorm parade and I came back home and I don't even know I think maybe my boobs were real sore something was something was there and so I did actually Gerard was potentially already drunk um after the dawn parade (laughs) and we had all our friends come over for breakfast and then he was asleep on the couch and I was like oh I'll just go do pregnancy test um got a. I actually it didn't come up straight away so then I was like cool great I was freezing after being at the dawn parade so I had a bath and when I got out it was positive I was like cool great um so that was kind of finding out and then I had to tell Jared on Anzac Day which, yeah, it's not like that fun. (laughs) Um, So that was kind of finding out I was pregnant and it was very, like we were not planning on having a baby anytime soon or anything like that. We had been together a long time, so it was fine once we got our heads around it. Um, I was quicker to get my head around it than Jared was. I think that's really, really common, especially maybe with like young couples. Um, Yeah. And yeah, it was a pretty smooth pregnancy. As far as that goes, I if I didn't look pregnant, I wouldn't have known I was pregnant. I had a really really <laughs> great pregnancy um a lot of Jared was away a lot, and things like that, so um yeah, it was fine. I think it was stressful at times uh, again just with the whole like being quite young and unplanned and um like I said, just Jared taking a bit longer to kind of come around to it um or not to it but just processing it differently and like giving up that kind of lifestyle that we had as young carefree lots of money um people so yeah that was my pregnancy with Rocky it was amazing in terms of being pregnant
1: yeah yeah awesome and did you find out that Rocky was a boy while you were pregnant
0: Oh, we did. So we found out with Rocky, I so desperately wanted a boy, like this whole like boy <laughs> yeah. first, like big brother situation. And so yeah. I remember like a week before we went for our scan, I convinced myself it was a girl because I was so worried that I'd be like that ungrateful person that cried if they told me it was a girl because I wanted a boy so bad. Yeah. So we did find out with him. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Awesome. And did you do any antenatal classes or anything like that?
0: um we did so we did and I didn't even know how it was run through but we just did like a generic kind of international class and we had the most amazing yeah. um childbirth educator she was so great but I also have so many gripes with antenatal classes and maybe not like I haven't been to one obviously in six and a half years um sure. but she was so good however I did find it like oh just like some bits quite it just really outdated like, literally, the video yeah, we watched yeah. of a woman giving birth was, like, an 80s porno. Like, it was really bizarre. Um, <laughs> right. So, like, we could upgrade that. But just things yeah. in terms of, um like, we, I know we talk about breastfeeding later on, but, like, we learned to breastfeed a teddy bear. Like, teddy bears don't bite. Mm. Teddy bears don't have yeah. gums. Um, so, yeah, I just, I don't know, it was just quite a weird Situation, I think again, like being younger, we were by far the youngest people in our internal class and Jared came drunk one time. So that probably also didn't help, but like YOLO. Um, again, <laughs> army life. Um, yeah. yeah, I just didn't feel like I got as much out of it as I could have. Yeah. And I think that was just like the curriculum that our childbirth educator had to teach. Um, it could have sure, been way yeah. more practical in the sense of, yeah, yeah everything like that yeah
1: yeah cool. I think yeah hopefully it's slightly more um useful now, but definitely people have mixed reviews on internet classes so yeah, I can understand that and did you have an ideal birth plan or sort of any thoughts on how you wanted to give birth?
0: um yeah so with Rocky, I had the most incredible midwife actually I've with Ruby, I did as well, but and um, I think having your first child and having such a good bond with your midwife is super super important and um, and we had the coolest midwife she was like the perfect blend of like total happy natural birthing but also had enough like mm-hmm. medical knowledge and like for me as a first-time mom to feel quite comfortable with that like balance um yeah so I read a birth call oh, I read a book called Ina May's Guide to Childbirth and I cannot rave enough about it anyone that's pregnant I'm like Can yeah. you read it you need to read this go and get it love um, that book so <laughs> It's so great. So I think that from reading that and actually my midwife told me to read it and gave it to me. And so that's where that ties into it because I was so prepared for what was coming. Um, and so I did want a natural birth. I was very against having a C-section for no other reason than I'm a total baby and the thought of surgery or anything like that absolutely terrified me more than actually giving birth. Um, So I really wanted a water birth and I wasn't able to actually have one, which will come up later. But I was so set on the water birth and, um, not being able to have one was a really big thing for me. So I think the whole like plan your birth, but also anything can happen is like super, super important to remember. I just, um, yeah, but in saying that I, that book, literally was everything for me um Rocky's labor was very long and uh classed as a traumatic labor and I 100% I talked to someone about this getting blood tests this morning who was pregnant I was like hey um and I 100% contribute that to having a positive experience when it could have been a super traumatic experience for me so that's like my biggest thing is like read that book I'm also quite gut. I'm not gutted But I wish I had the confidence to have had a home birth that first time around. I genuinely believe if I had had the home birth with Rocky, I would have had a much more enjoyable, if that's the right word to use, with labor (laughs) experience.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. And did your labor end up starting spontaneously? Do you want to take us through that?
0: So my, uh, my labor with Rocky started when my waters broke. Um, that was fun. So I was getting dressed into like some workout leggings to go for like a walk because I was trying to get things moving. Um, and as soon as I put on my, literally put like a foot in the pants, I just was like, oh, <laughs> and I remember going to Jared, I don't know if I'm pissing myself or if my waters are broken. And you kind of <laughs> go into like, as prepared as you are, you go into that total like panic mode. So I like, rush to the toilet and you know you like go away and then you like clench to stop it so that just didn't happen so I was like trying to stop me pissing myself and I couldn't and I was like oh my god this is my water's going like we're good to go (laughs) and my mum my mum was like dead set against knowing she was in Christchurch so just even knowing that I was in labour so that she didn't have to like stress and worry about it at home but like obviously the first thing we did was ring my (laughs) mum um so (laughs) It was kind of like, what do I do? Because I think I got off the toilet straight away and I just put a maternity pad in. And if your waters have broke, you know, that's not good enough. So I immediately went yeah. through everything and was like dripping bodily fluids all over the house. Um, and that's when we rang my mum and we're like, what do we do? And she was like, girl, you just got to sit on a towel. So I sat on a towel for ages because there's nothing else like, otherwise it was that or sitting on the toilet. Because um, it just yeah. doesn't stop. And then we, I was two weeks early, but I don't believe I was because I worked out everything with my, like with my period and all of that when I was pregnant, found out I was pregnant and my due date would have been the 20th of December. And I had Rocky on the 17th of December, but all of the scans Uh told me I was due on the 31st or the first, 31st of December or the 1st of January. So like I was basically right. And he was born on his, basically on his due date. So (laughs) whatever. Um, I'm waiting for an ultrasound, but yeah, I kept telling them like, no, I don't think this is right. And they just go, they just go on the ultrasound. So that's fine. But I genuinely don't think he was two weeks early and he was just perfectly on time. So once we got my waters under control, that whole situation, uh, we like totally, Jared was in complete panic mode and was like, where's the bag? We've got to go get the bag. And I was like, bro, chill the fuck out. Like, we're good. Um, and we actually went outside and played touch rugby with our dog for like an hour because we were both so upset that he wasn't going to be an only child anymore. And now I look back and I'm like, that was ridiculous. Like, what were you doing wasting that time? Like, go to sleep or something. Um, and so that was about six o'clock at night that my waters broke. And I basically went into like contractions, um you know, early labor straight after and spent the night very uncomfortably. um I actually made myself like a full nest on the floor with all of our cushions from our couch. And I just like hunkered hmm. down in the lounge and like in this little cocoon of pillows. It was very bizarre. um And I had contractions on and off all night. So, didn't get a heap of sleep but got like enough sleep um I think with your first kid you're kind of just like yes like I'm in labor but actually it just went on and on and on and on um I then labored all the next day at home all all day on the Swift ball bouncing up and down um and then I we just stayed at home as long as possible our midwife um was you know in and out and She was really great. She gave me, like, I always tell people this and I think it's weird. She gave me acupuncture with, like, a ballpoint pen. So, like, a little, literally a blue biro. (laughs) Um, And it was, like, so great. Just, like, all pressure points, not really acupuncture, but acupressure, I think it's called. Um, That was really great. I think that something, if you don't have children and you're going to, is uh, something I look back on and I've kind of let go of it a little bit now, but at the time, um, again, living in like military housing, you're very close to everyone. So our neighbours, we shared a driveway. They knew what was going on, and um, that I was in labour. And I actually just found it quite stressful having them coming in and out, um, all day. And I love them, but it was um that's something I look back on and was like, I really just wish that I was like, hey guys, like, so stoked that you like want to be involved and that you care, but I really just need this time for like me and Jared um so I decided to kind of talk about that so that people know that it's like fine to say that to people because I wish that I did um so Jared's mum and sister came down from New Plymouth um similar thing I didn't know Jared's sister was coming and that's fine but that actually put quite a bit of like stress on me at the time um she was only in high school still but I don't know, but I think not knowing she was coming, and then her being there and not being in control of that really like actually stressed me out quite a lot. Which, again, now in yeah. hindsight, is totally fine. But um, I think just like not when you're not prepared for things like that, and you're already kind of potentially terrified or whatever. Um, yeah, that was quite a stressful thing as well. So basically, I labored all day at home, and then at about six o'clock the next night, so 24 hours after my waters had broke, we went into hospital with my contractions way closer together. Um, That was like the worst. I think people totally overlook and don't talk about this enough. Like, the drive to hospital is horrendous. Like, that was the worst time of my life. Oh, we were 20 minutes out of town, and I think I was in the front seat, passenger seat, and I was holding onto the back of the seat with my seatbelt around my back, like totally illegal, but whatever, like I'm in labor. What are you going to fucking do? Yeah. Come and arrest me. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> I drove into town and it was just like the worst thing of my life. Um, and then from there on out, I think that, yeah, it just kind of progressed, but also didn't progress. I labored for um a very long time and I really wanted the water birth. Like I kind of said before, I really, really wanted the water birth and I didn't get it because my waters had been broken for 24 hours. So they wouldn't let me in the water in case uh, of the risk of infection. Um, which afterwards yeah. I actually kind of pressed on a little bit and they were like, no, you actually totally could have gotten the water, um, as long as we were monitoring it. So that was something that kind of like stuck with me quite for quite a while. Yeah. I didn't really let it go. And I think that's why. Having a birth plan is great, but also having the ability to know it might not go like that is really important as well. Um yeah, so I had Jared and his mum and my best friend with you, so that was um great. Alex, my best friend, Alex is like so good, and she um <laughs> was I think she was so great to have there for both me and Jared, um and kind of like being removed, but also like knowing both of us so well. Um yeah, and yeah, she was such great support. So. We did that and, um, I don't know, I just laboured a lot. I couldn't kind of find my position. I remember being like on all fours on the bed and then trying to like squat and then on the ball and then flat on my back and all of those things. And I think that we're so like, don't get on your back. But at the end of the day, that's all I could do. Um, so it's just working out what's right for you. I had been going to the toilet a lot, uh, as you do when you're in labor. And I remember I was on all fours on the bed and I said to my midwife, I need to go to the toilet. And she was like, like what? And I was like, I've got to take, I've got to wait. And she was like, no, no, no. And I was like, no, I do. And she was like, no, you've gone to the toilet so much. Like, You have weighed a lot, like you've got nothing left in there. And I was like, honestly, I've got to piss. Like, I need to go to the toilet. And she goes, Oh, well, it'll just be a little bit. And she popped, she put like a, um, she put like one of those pads on the bed, you know, the big like square pads that hold stuff, like a puppy training, like a puppy training pad. So she put that on the bed (laughs) and was like, Look, we're not going to get you off the bed. You can just like, it'll be a dribble, just like do it. And I was like, whatever, bitch. And so I let go. I opened the fucking floodgates and I swear to God, there was like, it was like, oh, it was like, it was like pulling on the floor. Like, you know, when you're so busting and you go to the toilet and it hurts when you wee because you're so busting. So like, you're in a, you're in the public, there's like a stall of toilets and you go in there and there's they're all empty and then you're weeing and then someone comes and they go and then someone else comes and they go and you still can't control your piss. It won't stop. And it's painful <laughs> because you're like, you're almost pushing it too hard out because you've been holding on for so long. That is legitimately the type of piss I took fucking 30 hours into labor when apparently mm, I had no. no wee left and it was so <laughs> bad that they had to like change the mattress out. Like it was so bad. You have no idea. <laughs> it was like horrific and so the moral of that story if anyone ever says oh she'll just be a dribble it won't go to the fucking toilet like no. bitch get up yeah. <laughs> yeah so that happened um and it was just like a little bit mortifying but also you don't care like you've lost everything at that point um yeah. but yeah. people still do joke about it that witnessed the situation and um, so <laughs> From there on out, it was just kind of a bit of a hard slog. I actually ended up, um, pushing, the pushing stage of labor was four hours for me. Um, and that's a really long time when you've already been in labor for like yeah. 24 hours of like steady contractions. So, but at the same time, I'm super grateful. There's probably people listening thinking like, well, why didn't, um, you get medical intervention earlier? And I'm, um, I am of the opinion that childbirth is such a mental aspect it's such a mental thing and I think we focus too much on the physical side of it and we're like preparing our body for labor and we're like this is going to be so painful and like we've got to push a watermelon out of this tiny hole and all of those things instead of keeping our 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 mind in the game and I know that it's not the same situation for everyone it's not one size fits all I am 100% pro and medical intervention and c-sections and all of that but at the same time I think that um I'm really grateful for my midwife who knew my kind of wishes and believed in me and my ability to be able to birth Rocky vaginally um and she like yeah. they were like banging on the door like we need to get her in for a c-section and she yeah. basically held them off because my heartbeat never dropped and neither did Rocky's and yeah there was like some fatigue sitting in but we were fine so I think that that was, like, I'm so grateful for that because um, I was, yeah, I just really, just the thought, like, shit, I can't even get a blood test without looking at the wall and basically crying. So the sort of, like, major <laughs> surgery, like, terrifies me. And it's not even the fact of it has zero to do with whether, what way I birth. It was just, like, you bitches aren't cutting me open, um, which they yeah. basically did anyway. So it got to the point where they did have to intervene. um, and. I do believe as well that, again, going back to the wishing I had the confidence for a home birth, a lot of that has to do with the fact that in my situation, I feel like small medical interventions led to more and more and more, whereas had I yeah. been in my own environment um, and able to birth how I felt like I could and knew I could, um, and looking back, had I been allowed in the water, I do genuinely believe it would have gone a lot differently. Um, so it got to the yeah. point where something had to happen. And so I had, um, oh, bloody, the doctor bloody came in, didn't he? And he looked like a frigging McDreamy off Grey's Anatomy. And he <laughs> was just like, my friend Alex was like, hey, and I'll like, say, you know what, stop. Like, I'm about to get a baby cut out of my vagina. <laughs> um and he had in come in with like the full light like he was going to bloody milk his cows in rahudu like he was like full cow milking dairy farm get up he had the white gumbers with the yellow soles the full mm. like outfit and um he put my legs i got my legs put in stirrups funny when i just had my embryo transfer i said to the lady oh the last time i did this a man was about to cut my vagina open and she was like oh okay thanks <laughs> um so I, they decided I would have an episiotomy and a Vontos delivery. So I didn't know much about this, and I think going back to the childbirth, um, going back to the antenatal classes, we did the hospital tour, we saw all the things, and they literally describe a Vontos delivery. They call it a kiwi cup, which is much cuter than a plug they stick on the baby's <laughs> head and suck it out of you. But how they described it to me, and maybe it was just me being naive and only hearing what I wanted to hear, but I genuinely thought they'd just put the little cup on the baby's head and pull it out and Bob's your uncle, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. See you later. No, so they... He chops me open. So actually Alex was there and she was watching from behind his shoulder. Why she would pick that fucking position. I don't know, but yeah. that's what she did. <laughs> and I just remember her, one of my most vivid memories is her going, Oh, don't look. B, B, don't look now. Don't look. If uh? he had this massive like needle because I hate needles because he was doing a local anesthetic. Um, so yeah. I got the local anesthetic and he chopped my vagina open. If you don't know what an episiotomy is, they just basically cut you vagina to at a butthole really so you can they can whip the baby yeah. out of you so that's so fun. Um and then he did the Vontose delivery and I had this all of a sudden the room's full of all these people, um, new midwives and all of that stuff. And so I had this midwife kind of holding my hand and I was like to her, Oh, I've got a contraction. I was like, what do I do? And she was like, sorry, what? And I was like, what do I do? And she was like, oh honey, you push. And I was like, no. And she was like, yeah. And I was like, no, you just stuck it out. And she was like, no 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 we just guided out. you still gotta push i was like fuck you yeah. and so that came from antenatal <laughs> class because i genuinely believe they just whipped it out of me and i did not have to do any more work anymore yeah. like bitch shouldn't want to do any more work <laughs> um so that happened and anyway they got him out and obviously um just because of the long pushing time and all of that they whisked him away really quickly to check him out but he got like a nine out of ten in the abgar test EBGA, whatever it's called test and he was 100 percent fine so like basically brought straight back to me. Um and then like I had no drugs at this point that should have affected my ability to function. <laughs> um and the doctors like stitching me up and he kept saying like I'm so sorry if this hurts because I did only have the local anesthetic. I hadn't had any I hadn't even had any gas or anything like that. And so and I literally looked at him through my spread open legs and said, Don't worry about it. At least I'm gonna have a designer vagina. And i was huh? like, sorry, why did I say that? like what is wrong with me anyway (laughs) apparently then you have your second kid and but it's like you got to knock off from thailand don't you so that was my that was my birth with rocky um that was my labor and birth with rocky and um like i said jared's mom had a very similar labor with her and so she found the whole thing like very traumatic um brought back like really bad memories for her whereas i look at it i literally the next day was like let's do it again like I I just genuinely love childbirth, and even that is um, not the nicest experience. I I believe that because of my I, st- I was able to stay in it mentally and stay on top of my game yeah. mentally, and um, that's like what got me through. And knowing that this was all like a normal process, and that you know all of those things. Whereas I think that had my head gone somewhere else, it would have been gone downhill way quicker, real quick.
1: Yeah, yeah. And when Rocky was born, did, like, they popped him up on your chest? Did they weigh him and all that sort of stuff? How was he um, going with latching on and everything like that?
0: So he was like, oh, he was so ugly. Um, (laughs) You know, like, everyone thinks their kid's so cute. And I was like, he's so beautiful. And Gerard was like, he's actually not. And I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) Um, But he'd come out looking like Benjamin Button when he, you know, Uh, went the other way. Oh, yeah. he was so hairy and he was just so wrinkly and, oh, he was just, and he was really pale and, um, Jared saw someone. And so that was fun. So Jared was like, um, you're a good bee. And I was like, yeah, he's definitely <laughs> yours. Um, but he looked just like Jared. <laughs> anyway, yeah. he, um, they, I've got photos and they whipped him on me. He had this little funny hat on. Cause you know, he wore a hat for about six months and it was summer because he had the like vonto's cone head oh uh, yeah yeah so yeah we had to go out for some summer beanies <laughs> um <laughs> he latched very quickly um we've got photos of him doing the like breast crawl which is incredible if you uh, yeah, um, cool, have been able to so my sister had a baby he's must be about six weeks old and i was like in there like for every second i was like oh my god can i do this and then when they like. Sorry, says, but when they, like, checked her vagina, I was like, Sarah, can I look at your vagina real good? And I was, like, in there, like, checking it all out. And, like, you don't want to see a post-birth vagina within a few hours unless you're a professional, like, in my personal opinion. um yeah but very interesting. And, um, and so yeah. I watched, they did, I watched, I was right in there when Cooper, my little nephew, he did the little breast crawl. And I, it's different when you're getting it done, when your baby's doing it, cause you don't really, you're not really in the moment watching it. So watching Cooper yeah. do the breast crawl up to my sister's boob was the most incredible thing. I'm pretty sure you'd be able to Google it. If you don't know what I'm talking about and find, I'm sure there'd be videos, um, out there because it's just like, the little baby just knows how to get to the breast instinctively and it's incredible. Um, so I, yeah, I was, feed, I fed him in hospital. Um, we stayed in hospital and, um, I actually found my hospital experience more the 24 hours after more traumatic than I did my childbirth. Um, and looking back, I do wish I had like not necessarily made a complaint, but actually made my feelings known a little bit more. Um, I stayed, so I had Rocky at five in the morning and then um, kind of, you know, you get sorted and then we're taken up to the ward. It had been a long slog, like Jared hadn't slept in the, basically the whole time either and things like that. So him and, oh, they all went home to, or like obviously they hung out with their grandchild and their child for a little bit, like they're not that shit, but um, then they (laughs) went home and I was fine. Like, I thought I was fine. And then I just kind of freaked the fuck out and was like, oh, my God. Like, I've got this baby. Like, what do I yeah. do? I <laughs> I actually also shit myself. So that's fun. I honestly, and I just love talking about things like this because this is what happens. And we have to normalize these things. Yeah,
1: exactly. I,
0: um, like, the first poo you have to take is, like, traumatic in itself. But I literally just, like, shouted and shit my whole pants. it was so bad and then um so this I don't even know what time I've blacked it out but I'm just gonna tell you because when you can't see people it's easier to talk about embarrassing things so for sure um when that happened that was like a full panic mode not because I shut myself like that wasn't fun but I was like what do I do I'm on my own I've got this baby and I genuinely thought someone was gonna come steal him so I rang the nurse and I was like, well, I rang the midwife, or whatever. And I was like, oh my God, like I've pulled my pants. <laughs> and she was like, that's okay. She was so nice. Um, and like they must see worse than that. Anyway, I was like, well, what oh, do I do? 100%. Like I can't leave my baby here. And I was like, I'm terrified. Like someone's going to steal my baby. And she was like, I'm going to wait with him. Like, are you okay to shower yourself? And I was like, well, yeah. And it was like horrific though. Anyway, she was so nice. But obviously being in a hospital, midwives are on shift. So then the day was kind of fine. I, I did, I, totally panicked that day all of a sudden being on my own and being like what do I do and so I rang Jared didn't answer rang his mum, didn't answer and then I just I rang Ivan no one answered so then I rang we still had a landline like who were we were we living in the like 1980s like was there even landlines in oh my god stop Rebecca yeah. um so I rang our landline and Alex answered and Ivan was asleep so she was like let's just let them sleep like that Jared's on it for the long haul I'll come in and she came in and they wouldn't let her in cause it was out of visiting hours and she wasn't like family Mm. and I get the reasons for that. But at the same time I was like having, literally having a breakdown. I was like sobbing. Like I was terrified. Um, I hated being in hospital and she was like telling them this and they were like, Oh, well not letting you in. So she had to drive 20 minutes back Mm. home out of town to wake up Jared for Jared to then come in. So an hour later, I'm still on my own, like feeling super vulnerable. And, um, I, like, I don't even, I don't remember if I rang the nurses or anything like that or what happened, but it was just really overwhelming all of a sudden kind of being on your own and, um, being like, shit, this is my kid. Like I'm in charge here. Yeah. Um, And then that night, so I only stayed in hospital one night and then I was like, get me out of here. Um, and that was another, I think reason why I chose to home birth, um, Ruby and I had a midwife that night who was like horrific and I was really struggling to feed Rocky off one side. And so she literally walked in because I called them. She walked in, grabbed my boob like a burger, grabbed Rocky's head, pushed them together, and then walked out and didn't say a word to me. And so that was like, that was so shit for her to do that when I was like, yeah. just had no idea. I was a young mum who was like struggling to breastfeed at that point. And the first 24 hours of my baby's life, and she gave me nothing, like no support, mm. no encouragement, just nothing. It was the coldest thing I've probably ever experienced in my life. Um, and so the next day I was like, get me out of here. And we went, we went home, um, straight away. So that was really great.
1: Yeah. No, I just, I, I find it so frustrating even now hearing you say that, that, um, people have those experiences in hospitals with different midwives and nurses. It's just like you, it is such a vulnerable time. And if you need help and you are brave enough to ask for help, which everybody should be in hospital, and then you have a midwife like that, it's just like, wow. Um, Yeah. I just so frustrating even hearing you say that now
0: and that's what I mean I'm frustrated in myself that I didn't like speak up about it because I now yeah. being the being the bloody woman that I am <laughs> I'd never stop I'm always I'm probably speaking up when I shouldn't too much <laughs> gone the opposite yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and so when you got home from the hospital, how did you find that sort of initial adjustment? Obviously, you've got a new baby, and it's just like a complete change to the life that you're used to. So, how did you feel in that sort of week after coming home?
0: So when we came home, and we were actually super supported in the sense that, um, being in the army, we had like a whole community around us, which was really cool. Um, I my mum was in Christchurch Jared's mum left the day that we came home from hospital um and that stuck with me for quite a while as well I didn't let that go for a long time but I've recently spoken to her about that um and we've like yeah gone over that because I did just feel we didn't know what we were doing and we were like terrified like I hadn't even really been around you know well neither of us had really been around like babies and things like that um yeah. And so it was, like, again, like, just a really vulnerable thing to just be, like, shit, we're in this house, like, with this baby, and, like, fuck knows what we're doing. And we didn't, and when I say we had support around us being in the army, we did, but also, like, you kind of don't want to, like, it's hard to ask for help sometimes in that situation. Like Sure so we were we had no family around us at that point um my mum came up when Rocky was maybe like three days old and I had been breastfeeding thought I was doing a great job and she arrived and was like um she was like are you she must have noticed and was like what are you doing and I was like oh no I don't feed off that boob it hurts and she was like sorry what and I was like no I just don't use it don't (laughs) like it it just that one hurts she was like what you can't do that and I was like what do you mean like I had no idea and again like
1: yeah
0: internal class I didn't get that out of internal class I was like I just don't like it so I don't use it and she was like but you can't do that so she like promptly got me in the shower and like basically milked my tips for <laughs> me so that was fun um and then I I breastfed both kids not with ease um I find it really frustrating and I've spoken about this a lot that we are like Cold, all of these like romanticized versions of breastfeeding yeah. um we have got low well actually i haven't checked in a long time now that i'm out of that but i had checked in the past that uh, and uh you know breastfeeding statistics aren't amazing i they weren't i don't know what they're like now so i probably shouldn't comment on that but i just think that like it makes absolutely no sense to me for all of these breastfeeding services and antenatal classes and things to be like Breast is so beautiful. It's so natural. It's so amazing. Like, yeah, it is all those things, but it's also not. It's really fucking shit. And we mm. set people up for failure by not talking about how hard breastfeeding is because God forbid yeah. we're like, it's going to really hurt and it's going to be really hard, which it's not for everyone. But by not saying those things and verbalizing those things and validating those feelings, people stop. If you don't have someone around yeah. you saying it's going to get better, you're not going to continue on because it's shit. Like it's really, really shit. Yeah. And I basically cried every day for three weeks feeding both children, but I knew it was going to get better because I had people around me. My mum is the most old school Karatani. She was a Karatani nurse and like the four-hour punk <laughs> at will, Like she, you know, that, just that generation. Um. But in saying that, full props to my mom, who probably needs her own bloody podcast. No. Um, <laughs> she, she so does. But she has also adapted to everything, and nothing was forced on us. Nothing was like, you're doing this wrong. She never, ever did that. It was like, oh, you don't do that? Okay. And then she would go and quietly research it and be like, oh, I've just read out. This is so great. She is the most 50-50, like, you know, someone that can have her own ideas of what she did with her children and then to completely embrace what we're doing in 2020 or whatever, um, or 2013 when I had my... This child and so she was there saying it will get better like unclench your teeth uncurl your toes try and relax like i know it's really hard jared would hold my hand like it was horrific and i wasn't prepared for that i was prepared for every other thing that people tell you the horror stories Like, give everyone will tell you how shit birth is when actually it's amazing and it's incredible and yeah it's a bit shit sometimes but it's still we don't need a scaremonger it whereas breastfeeding i was like walk in the park and it was horrific um, and I breastfed not yeah. me for 11 months. It was amazing. I love breastfeeding by the time I got to that point, but it took a long time to get there. And I just think people would be way better off knowing, Hey, it might be a bit hard to start with, but just give it a go. Like persevere. Again, my midwife was incredible. Um, but no one told me it was going to be hard in antenatal classes. We breastfed teddy bears. Like, come on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. so that's, that's my little like rant on that, I guess, just because I feel like the more prepared we are, the easier it is to to cope with it and to go through it um yeah. my mum was like told me that back in the day they'd like use wire brushes on their nipples to toughen them up before they breastfed and that's like horrific sounding but I actually am like that makes sense like I get why you would do that I'm not going mm. to and I don't think anyone should but I totally understand why you would want to toughen up your nipples before you breastfeed. Yeah. Like that was my only problem was my nipples. Um, but she brought a lot of good things to the table, pro- recovery-wise. And one of them was to get my nipples and my vagina, my poor vagina, out into the sun shine. So um <laughs> um that was really fun. And one day I did that, and I was totally starkers, and I was in a bean bag, and I was uh facing the window because that's where sunlight comes from. And Gerald was at work, average probably Wednesday or something. And, um, we were the last house in the, in the street of army houses. And so we had a lot of things like a paddock next to us that they would sometimes train through. And so what happened was I'm lying there with my legs <laughs> open. I'm in the bean bag, got my tits out, the like fucking massive biscuit nips are out. And I'm like, hmm, those trees are moving. And then I was like, shit, girl, they ain't trees. And then they got closer and closer and closer. And you know, like, and and on a good day, if you're in a beanbag and you're like not a like belly whale, um, you can, it's hard enough to get out of a beanbag. So imagine being naked, like 20 kgs heavier than you have been in your whole life. And you've got that like jiggly (laughs) stomach and there's stitches in your vagina and you're trying to get out of a beanbag real quick. It doesn't happen. So I was like, fuck it. No. And I just was like, I'm, and then I was like, I am also camouflage." And I just lay there and was like, whatever. <laughs> and then, um, look, I don't know if they saw me, to be honest, like how could they miss me? Um, But <laughs> Jared never brought it up. So I'm assuming either they weren't from Linton or we didn't know them because Jared didn't come home at yes. work. Like he never had the conversation in the smoko room, like, Saw your midi today, bro. She's looking good. <laughs> so, oh I God, a can you was imagine? never spoken of. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? Imagine I did it. I was doing it. Um, but anyway, the sunlight, so more of that story is the sunlight mm. The sunlight is great for your tits and your vagina when you've had a baby. So, get your, the sun's yeah. good for everything. Um, Nappies, stains, put them out in the sun. But that was something Pauline told me to do. And then, well, look what happened. So, just pick your timing um get (laughs) the angles right don't don't do it in a military training ground um so that was kind of a big part of my recovery well it wasn't but it's a funny story so yeah that is a funny Um, story (laughs) yeah we had visitors pretty quickly i didn't really know any different uh we didn't make anyone get vaccines or anything like that again i think just not really like knowing any different um with Ruby and my whole immediate family got whooping cough vaccines um we all did that with my nephew who was just born um and but it wasn't like a I don't know I think that as like obviously right now if I was to have a baby tomorrow I think there'd be way more restrictions obviously with um COVID-19 and things like that but then it was very much a free-for-all like come and hold the baby and come in oh one of our friends bought one of those giant teddy bears that were like i was like oh thanks so much that's a great gift yeah um so it wasn't kind of yeah we were like it was a bit of a free-for-all which was fine i'm a people person
1: yeah yeah and so how long did you end up breastfeeding rocky for sorry
0: So I fed him another great cracker story. I fed him for 11 months and I weaned him so I could go get drunk at cup week, you know, but also weaning. No one talks about that. That was horrific as well. I genuinely thought I, I, I weaned him in Christchurch at my parents' house. I think Gerald was actually away um with the army and I, oh my God, that was horrific. Like I, you're a wall, like the cabbage leaves. Great. But like, I remember lying Uh, in bed and texting, texting my mum in her room and saying to her, I think my boobs are going to explode and I'm going to die tonight because the milk will get into my veins and kill me. <laughs> Which is slightly dramatic, but honestly, that was horrific. Like that was so bad. So be prepared for that as well, because that's real shit.
1: Yeah, yeah. And did you have your period when you were still breastfeeding or it didn't come back until afterwards?
0: Um, mine came back and I remember being so cheated because my mum was like, Meh, most people don't, Shame. And I was like, Cool. So mine came back like straight away like a couple of months after so um yeah I did get my period back straight well pretty much once I stopped the I don't even know what it's called the like vagina birth bleeding I basically had like a month off and then got my period back so I think it was about three months cool
1: yeah okay (laughs) cool yeah me too so frustrating you're like here are all these women who don't get the period for like a year and you're like
0: "Mm." I know perfect I know yeah yeah
1: Cool. And so were you trying for baby number two? Do you want to take us through that?
0: Yeah. So Ruby, um, with having Rocky so young, I'd made the decision that if I was going to, we were only ever going to have two kids. And so I was like, we're just going to bang them out. Boom, boom, one, two, done. See you later. I'm going to be 40. And like, my kids, like they're fucked off. Like, you know, whatever. Um, (laughs) so we, so we planned Ruby and I, we started trying, um, I came off the, Oh, actually I was on the depot. Um, I went on the injection straight after i had Rocky and, um, cause you've only got a couple of options when you're breastfeeding. And I thought that was easier than me remembering to take like the mini pill cause I'm shit at life yeah. anyway. Uh, but I'll just quick story with that is that I had a lot of trouble having sex after i had Rocky which is very normal. A lot of people um, also have this issue. And so it got to the point though, where I was like, nah, this isn't all good. And so I went to the doctor because I convinced myself that I'd been stitched up wrong and that my designer vagina was not a designer vagina. Um, (laughs) So I went to the doctor and my normal doctor wasn't there. So I just saw another lady who I knew immediately was quite more conservative than myself and probably my normal doctor. And I had Rocky with me. He was maybe like, oh he was like it went on like he was probably like six months old he was like sitting and I remember he I put him on the ground and she was like what can I do for you today and I was like um I was like I can't have sex after I've had a baby my vagina like I'm pretty sure my vagina's too small and she was like no that won't be what's wrong and I was like yeah and then I was like pointing at Rocky and I was like this is him like look at him like out the vagina and then um, she was like, no. And then she was like, let's go over some other things that it could be. And I was like, no, no, no. I want you to look at my vagina. And she was like, no, no, no. And I was like, you're going to look at my vagina. And she was like, no. And then I was like, do you know what? I paid like 50 bucks to come here. And I just took my pants off and hopped on the bed and was like, look at my vagina. Yeah. And she was like, okay. And she looked at it and she was like, your vagina fine. And I was like, thank you. Thanks so much. Because I thought that it was like a mental thing where like I'd convinced yeah. myself it was wrong and I just needed someone to tell me, no, it's fine. And then I was like, and then she was like, should we go over the other things now that I wanted to do in the first place? I was like, yeah, sure. Um, But what <laughs> I learned was that your estrogen levels drop on the depot, on the de- whatever it's called, the injection. And so basically all I needed was some fucking lube and I was just as dry as the desire desert. And that's all I needed ah, was lube. That's interesting. So my moral of that story is that if you go to a baby shower, don't take them shit for their kids. Their kids are going to have enough stuff. Take them a good old bottle <laughs> of lube, but don't be stingy. Don't go KY or anything like that. Get them a good organic natural lube that's going to bloody get them going. And at the time they'll be like, of course, like you're that friend. But like you'll visit them like four months after their baby's born. And that, when they answer the door, they'll be like glowing. And then you'll both be like, we know. <laughs> and she'll be like, I know. And um, so that's my theory on that is lobes should be more encouraged all the time.
1: <laughs> yeah, 100% anyway, agree anyway, on that. But I but didn't know that about the depot injection.
0: Neither did I. And that will save someone else taking their pants off in front of a strange conservative sure. doctor who you've never met before and them looking at your vagina and unnecessarily and saying that it was fine. Um, so yeah. anyway, that led into the sex to have Ruby, have to have sex. Well, you don't have to have sex because I'm pregnant right now. And I literally didn't have sex for a hundred years. Indeed. Um, <laughs> so we planned her and I got pregnant, very fortunate, got pregnant. Um, so remember Rocky was the, I had an IUD. when I got pregnant with Rocky, Ruby was, um, we started trying in the January and she's born in October. So I must've got pregnant pretty quickly. I'm not going to do the math, but you know, um, yeah. So, yeah, that was really great. Um, Ruby's pregnancy was a little bit different. I don't know if they get worse with each one. I'll tell you in nine months. Um, but <laughs> yeah, she was, I felt sick really quick. I got three negatives before I got a positive test because I was testing so early because I felt so sick. Like, you know, when you've eaten so much shit food and your body's like punching you on the inside, like, fuck you, eat yeah. broccoli. That's what I felt like, but I never vomited. I thought I was so sick. And then I realized people actually are really, really sick. And I was like, okay, stop being the drama <laughs> queen. But I was just nauseous for like the like like 12 weeks, just really nauseous. Yeah. Um, and I think just having a toddler and a pregnancy is harder on you anyway. I got a, quite a gnarly UTI that I ended up in hospital for. Basically, I felt like from, oh, fuck, three months, from did 12 weeks, I probably felt like she was falling out of my vagina. Like, it's just harder Mm. on your body, I think. Um, And you're already bloody loosey-goosey down there. So, you know, you don't have the control (laughs) anymore. So that's fun. You, honestly, for the last, like, six weeks, I genuinely feel like you, you you feel like your baby's head is between your legs when you're walking. But, like, again, didn't hate it. It wasn't terrible. A little bit shit, but everything's a little bit shit sooner or later. So. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. And did you, I know that you ended up having a home birth with Ruby. So how did that come about this time around?
0: So I had decided, so actually we were still in the, we moved to Christchurch when I was like 33 weeks pregnant or something with Ruby. Um, so I'd found, when I found out I was pregnant, I immediately found a midwife in Christchurch and visited often enough that I kind of visit my my parents that I got to meet her. And I had already decided that I wanted to have a home birth. Um, so that was my research for finding a midwife was someone who was experienced in home birth, but also had that, again, I just like to have that medical balance. Um, so I found my midwife, Heath. Oh my God, she's so great. She just had my sister, she was just my sister's midwife as well. Um, <laughs> Heath, Heath Nimpson is her name and she's just the greatest person in the world. And um, so I found her and I, I, think I came down quite quickly to meet with her and she, I was just like, yeah, I can do this. 100%. No, I never doubted it after, especially after meeting with her. Um, I reread anime's Guide to Childbirth. I, was just like just knew I could do it. I think after Rocky's and like I said, not having the confidence to do a home birth the first time and knowing that I could get through Rocky's labor. My biggest fear actually with Rocky was that I couldn't do it drug free because I'm I'm a total baby. Like I'm I don't like <laughs> pain at all. So um I that was my biggest fear with Rocky is that I wouldn't be able to do it pain free. So knowing that I could do it pain free, that was my only obstacle. So I decided to have her at home um and not everyone loved that um not everyone agreed with that I found it was actually more older generations that didn't like the idea of home birthing yeah um but I don't didn't really care so my family know me well enough to know that if I'm doing something I'm doing something so go fuck yourself nah <laughs> but actually.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and so do you want yeah, to take so- us through um your sort of preparation for that home birth at that stage did you have a pool and all that sort of stuff?
0: Yeah. So, uh, we had a pool and, um, we put it up prematurely because Rocky was two weeks early. So I was like, definitely not going to go overdue here. And, um, actually the Rugby World Cup was on. So we put it up when I think I was like 36 weeks. And like, we've got photos of people like drinking wine in the pool. Like, um, it was kind <laughs> of just like an extra seating situation. Um, so we had the pool, had it up and all that. The kids loved it. They had toys in it and all that stuff um we lived with my parents so it was in their lounge which they loved obviously when they had people coming around to watch the rugby world cup and it's like sorry my kid's about to give birth in my lounge and that's fun <laughs> um but also I'm so like open that anyone I'd be like do you guys want to come like my dad was joking about how he had to build a grandstand because I just kept inviting people to my birth um yeah i so preparation wise it was really just we didn't do internal classes or anything i didn't feel the need and all i did was read anime's guide to childbirth again and that was that's all you need no i'm very passionate about this book (laughs) um that my sister just i was at her birth and she had no birth and that was really incredible because i didn't have a lot of experience with hypnobirthing it's a very similar to the INMA kind of philosophy I guess yeah um but that was really cool as well and I love the idea of that also so that's kind of all I did to prep for it um my key things in childbirth which I had for Rocky's I'll well, rescue remedy whether again whether or not it's a mental thing of you spraying it into your mouth and feeling like it does something even if it doesn't it's a great mental trigger that oh relief is coming um yeah. I am also a massive fan of Arnica. I had Arnica, um, with both kids, uh, immediately. I actually, I don't like take this as Bible. I don't know. I know there are some kind of restrictions and rules around Arnica and pregnancy, but I started taking Arnica when I went into labor with both kids and then continued on afterwards. And I swear it made, again, it could have just been a mental thing, but either way, I'm a massive fan of that, but do check with your, um, healthcare professional first or your midwife or whatever um, <laughs> yeah. and those are my two things that I like I also have a magical um birthing hottie it's a little uh, I think it's a maxi genic or maxi clear branded it was from a pharmacy like giveaway and it's got a striped woolen um, little cover and it's a little <laughs> mini one and I had that at my both my births maybe a friend Sophie has had it at her childbirth I took it to my sister's childbirth it's like this weird thing that I love so much um, <laughs> Even if it's there, so when I went to my sister's birth, I couldn't find the topper for it. So it just sat on a cupboard, on like on a shelf empty, but it was there. Um, and yeah, so I felt super prepared going into Ruby's birth. Um, same thing, my, um, my waters broke. I really like having breaking my waters. This time I was four <laughs> days overdue. I've got a great list of things that you can do to help childbirth start. Uh, there's a video of me on the internet. Uh, galloping and neighing like a horse in a circle because apparently if you gallop around it helps baby get into position <laughs> like don't try this at home no do it's hilarious <laughs> um and then I did evening primrose oil which if you know you know you basically put pin needles in evening primrose capsules and stick them up your vagina uh you definitely want to wear a pad or a panty liner Cause she gets messy. Yeah. Um, you'll basically just <laughs> fucking slip right out of, slip right out of your bed. Um, with that oil situ. So just advance with caution. Um, I also, Gerald was actually still in the army when I was at this point. He only made it down for his birth. Uh, I nipple stimulation is meant to help. So I, he wasn't around to tweak the old nips. So I used my breast pump <laughs> and just like sat in my room was like, uh, uh uh like yeah. pregnant trying to like get a heart on on my nipples um and obviously sex is great but I didn't have one of well Jared wasn't around and I think it's actually the semen that makes it better so I couldn't even get like a prostitute yeah. a male prostitute either <laughs> you know um and then yeah. the last thing I tried was baking a cake which is an old wise tale but my theory around this okay a it worked my theory is if it doesn't work, you've got a fucking cake. You get to eat cake. Like it's the For win Sure. Win. So make yeah. a cake. And then curb walking, which is one leg in the gutter, one leg on the footpath, and you kind of like walk real fast. Um, okay. So those are my things. If anyone I want asked about that. Um, <laughs> and yeah. So I went to my last thing was getting a hot curry. I hate hot curry. I love a curry, but I'm a mild gal. And when I was in paying for the curry, my fucking waters broke, didn't they? so same thing (laughs) felt the like liquid and was like am I weighing myself and then clenched and was like no I'm not and then I was playing and then I pancaked and I put the wrong pin in and had to start again and I crossed my little legs as tight as I could and I took my cardigan off and wrapped it around my waist because there was a full restaurant behind me like it was (laughs) not just a little takeaway shop and then I scooted out to the car real quick and um my mum's really prepared so I had a towel in my car and then from there on out, it was, um, it was really quick. So went home. Um, my mum and dad were actually out at his friend's birthday party and they came back eventually. I rang my best friend Alex who was at Rocky's birth and she was in Wellington. So obviously wasn't coming, but she was like, uh, talk to you in the morning before you have the baby because Rocky's labour was so slow. And before I knew it, I was in full labour. Gerard was asleep and I remember waking him up and him not waking up and going back in there and waking him up and him not waking up and literally being like, I will fucking cut you. Get the fuck out of bed. Like, because again, same thing. He was like, stop being dramatic. Like, this is going to take ages. Um, yeah. My dad filled up the pool and we it went, turned, it turned, the heat turned up real quick with Ruby's labor. I didn't realize at the time that nobody could get hold of our midwife. Um, so they were frantically trying to get hold of her. I had a birth photographer, she had arrived. Um, she was incredible. Wish I did that with Rocky. Highly recommend a birth photographer. Um, and she was there, but again, no midwife. I my best friend from Australia had come and for Ruby's birth. But it got to the point where they were like, Right, I'm actually in Labour, the baby's coming. And um, no midwife because we couldn't get hold of so I'd rung her when my waters broke and said hey I'm in labor and she was like cool get some rest and then after that no we couldn't get hold of her and I was so far gone at this point I didn't notice uh also the midwife the backup midwife details that I had she had actually um she'd actually become really sick with the flu and was in intensive care um and was was very very ill and and um, I forgot to tell them that or changed the number. <laughs> so they kept trying to ring her and um she was obviously not available. So they got to the point where my dad was the only one who knew where the midwife lived because he picked up the birthing pool with me. And so my best friend, Sophie, who came through his birth, she actually had to drive my dad because he'd been drinking at this party to the midwife's house to <laughs> get her. Um, and what had happened was she had, I had a child had played with her phone that day and they'd put do not disturb on, but you can put it on a timer. So a timer had come on. So she had no idea we were trying to get in oh, touch no. with her and just assumed that I was slowly laboring. Um, so, yeah, that was fun. Uh, my mum has four children. She was Googling the stages of labor and totally like, I don't know what the fuck to do. And I was like, but you've got four <laughs> kids. Um, and I was on the toilet and I – I was on the toilet and I was like, I'm going to do a poo. And my mum's like, I don't think it's a poo. And I was like, yeah, it's a poo. And we back and forth. Um, at one point she told me to be quiet because Rocky was asleep and his bedroom was next door to the toilet. And I was like, sorry, what? And she was like, if you wake up your child, who do you think is going to look after him? Because no, I didn't know there was nobody there to look after him. Anyway, the poo thing, she said to Jared, she said to me, if you don't get off this toilet and get into that pool, Jared, I will make Jared Drake you there. So I was like, huh, oh, whatever. And I fucking waddled down to the pool and, um, I pushed <laughs> her out as soon as I got in the pool. Uh, so Pauline would have been fishing her out of the toilet if I hadn't got into the pool. And <laughs> um, at that point, they were on the way back. My dad, I think he rang and my mum was like, um, my mum was like, there's a head. And then they rang back and then it was like, uh, so I birthed Ruby myself in the pool and um, just whipped her out. It was very Courtney Kardashian-y from when she had birthed. Like, you know, there's that episode of Kim Kardashian where she gives birth and she looks like fucking incredible. Cause she's so like drugged yeah. up and she just pulls her baby out and it's so glamorous and like lovely was not like that at all. Um. so yeah, I um pushed, I believe I pushed twice, three times max with Ruby. And I remember just, her one push and like her I could feel her right like out and I just looked up and was like a deer in the headlights and I was like oh there was um another contraction and she kind of half came out and that was quite not terrifying but it was like what the fuck and I remember just being like do do I just pull her out now like can she be half out because I hadn't had a home birth I didn't have the experience like and I still don't have a midwife so I'm not a question asker but should didn't ask any questions did she Um, And I remember everyone just going, no, and me being like, okay, because I was like, do I just pull her now? So the next contraction, I bloody tugged her because I was like, I'm not having a fucking pinky toe stuck in there still. Like, you're coming out. So I just yanked (laughs) her out because I was so scared. I was so scared of her being like three-quarters, like just an ankle stuck in there, three-quarters of the way out. Um. So, yeah, got her out and – um just hung out I think my mum was really concerned about like the temperature of the pool because we hadn't been checking that um but obviously everything was fine and then the midwife arrived shortly after and um yeah it was bloody great it was a seven hour labor and like I said two or three pushes max and um just such a different experience to Rocky and, our uh, being at home was incredible, amazing, like loved it. Um, Iran had a whiskey after I didn't, odds, <laughs> but Iran had like a cheeky whiskey. I think my mum had a wee Bailey's. Um, so it was just such an amazing experience to like just be able to do that in my own environment and just never have like any fears or like just being super comfortable.
1: Yeah. 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 And obviously such a contrast to your first birth but then you become a mother to two so how did you find i guess that initial adjustment you're at home and you can just stay at home you don't have to worry about going to the hospital or anything like that so once you sort of um i guess came around to what had happened and you had this really lovely birth how did you find that that adjustment
0: um it was like initially it's great because you've got everyone there to help you but like once yeah. you get into the trenches of having two kids that's a bit shit um I even just like I got my dressing gown on straight away and like, oh, Rocky waking up. it oh, was got the most beautiful video. Rocky waking up in the morning. And like, we're so lucky. Jared and I went to bed with robes, and the same thing being at home. So the midwife, you have to have two midwives there. Um, and they, I don't know if they both stayed or just he stayed. And like, I can remember her coming in and checking my vagina um, and checking Ruby over without us even waking up. I can vaguely remember her being there doing that. But we just slept in our yeah. be- we just got in our bed with Ruby and this little like love bubble and it was so like non invasive and like um
1: yeah and
0: just like amazing and so being able to do that and then when we got up in the morning you know that was I had Ruby at um I think like maybe like one or two I actually can't remember two thirty maybe yeah um and second kid you don't know these things um <laughs> and we. Got up in the morning because the adrenaline was still there. So we didn't sleep for long. We must have got up at like seven or something. It was quite early and the whole lounge was back to normal. My parents had, the pool was gone. Um, you know, Rocky was there. They, they were like looking after Rocky and just like, oh my God, I feel like I'm so hormonal. I might cry. But Rocky meeting Ruby <laughs> was like the most incredible thing in the world. Like we've yeah. got the most beautiful video of him like meeting her and it actually looks like he's crying, but he just had conjunctivitis. Mm. Like he's manky as fuck. <laughs> Um, so everyone thinks he's like so emotional meeting his baby sister, but he's actually just gross. Like he's so gross. Um, but it's so (laughs) cute. It's just the sweetest little video. And, um, like even just doing that in our own environment was really, really cool. Yeah. Mm. Yeah.
1: Awesome. And did you find that Ruby latched on sort of similar to Rocky or how was that breast experience?
0: Yeah. So I think because I had that experience already, I was prepared for what was coming. So I wouldn't say it was easier pain wise but it was mentally I knew it was going to get better I knew I could do it um and I knew what to expect I was more prepared um and that was really really cool I something again didn't know is that I I don't remember my after pains with or two things I didn't birth my placenta I did birth it with Rocky but they basically birthed it for me in the situation um I don't remember actually having to even push it I'm sure I did, but, you know, you've just had the baby and you don't remember. Um, Having Ruby, the placenta was the most horrific part of my whole childbirth because I didn't have that experience <laughs> with Rocky. I didn't know yeah. what to expect. And so I, again, I'm such a weird person. Like, you know how people hate, like, nails on a chalkboard or something? I hate the thought of, like, stitches being pulled out or, like, something like – so, like, the thought of having a placenta stuck to me still and the cord on the outside potentially tugging with the baby – like that is like the grossest thing in my mind like it makes me feel sick thinking about it and so that was a real mental thing for me not being prepared for that because I was like get it the fuck out of me like I, I think I said to her I know you've got that drug that injection in my fridge like I know it's been there for a week like give it to me and she was like no because I didn't need it but I was just being dramatic so yeah. I just wasn't prepared for like having to give you literally give birth again like you have contractions and you have to push a fucking placenta out of you which, like, percent is the whenua is the most amazing thing. Like, it's incredible, but like, I don't want to push it out. No thanks. Um, yeah. and she kept saying, she kept saying with Ruby, like, let's go, you know, go sit on the toilet, like, you know, gravity, like, it'll be, trust me. And I was like, nah, fuck you. Cause all I could think of was like, the, <laughs> The cord hanging out of me, waddling down to the toilet. Like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> anyway, eventually I did because it had been a long time. And she was like, we really probably should get you out of this hole, like, you know. um. And so I went down and I sat on the toilet and we put one of my mum's kitchen bowls in the toilet. And I just plopped out, didn't I? So I know what to do next time. Um. <laughs> second thing is with the breastfeeding. I don't really remember after pains with Rocky. I, I believe they get worse with every kid. And that was something I wasn't prepared for and I really struggled with. The pain of the after pains when I breastfed was like out of control. And so I'm, this time will be interesting with the surrogacy because I don't know, like they do normally come with the breastfeeding and I am hoping to pump, but I don't know. Yeah, but that was like horrific and I wasn't prepared for the, that, how painful that was. And same thing, breastfeeding was painful, but I knew it was going to be and I was always comfortable. I knew what I was doing. I did still have to take Ruby to a lactation consultant, and um, I'm a massive fan of osteopaths for babies, newborns. I think every newborn should see an osteopath, um, and we did that with Ruby, and it was the most amazing experience. Um, she wouldn't feed off; she struggled to feed off one side, and um, the osteopath we saw down here in Christchurch, Kate, is um, my sister just had Cooper with him, with her. She's amazing, and she sorted that out. And then it was more enjoyable earlier on but I still cried every day for a good period of time and I still clenched my teeth and filled my toes and and struggled to relax while I fed her until we got to that point where we were okay
1: yeah and did you need stitches this time around from your birth or no
0: no so I did tear and that was probably just due to the fact that I bloody ripped it and busted her out of there didn't I there was no (laughs) gentle guiding Um, and (laughs) so I did tear, but it was a really clean tear that she didn't need to give me stitches. So that was a relief because stitches terrify me. Um, so yeah, no, and it healed really, really well. Um, I did get, um, hemorrhoids again. Let's talk about those more often. Harry, the fucking hemorrhoid. Um, I, I think I got them with Rocky, but probably didn't know what they were. Oh, with Rocky, I got this weird like thing where I had like this lip but not like we are the two lips are like this lip kind of by my butthole. And I was like, "Mm, what's this? And um, my midwife was like, Oh, I haven't seen that before. And I was like, Oh, that's reassuring. (laughs) Um, And she was like, well, let's give you this cream and just see what happens. And then we'll go from there. And the cream made it go away. So that was cool. (laughs) It was like that stitched a bit of skin on the outside. It was very, it was like a lip was very bizarre. Anyway, it went away. So that's fine. Um, and then with Ruby, I definitely got hemorrhoids and I told my mom, I was like, oh, girl. And she was like, oh, you know, don't worry about it. Just pop in the bath and just, just pop them back up there gently yourself. Um, so you can do that. <laughs> but also they were so fucking big that I had to go to the doctor. And that's a fun thing to do. So you go in there and they're like, oh, you know, you have to have a chaperone because I had a guy doctor. So I had to have a chaperone and a female nurse. And so that's fun. Just one more person looking at your shit. A hemorrhoid, yeah. if you don't know what a hemorrhoid <laughs> is, it's, you basically shit your asshole out your asshole. There's no other way to describe <laughs> it. Yeah. And so there's two people looking at it going, oh yeah, oh yeah, and I'm like, yeah, what, what do you reckon? Like, is it a good one? You seem, seem worse? Anyway, And um, so they gave me some cream and they did go away, but I think that they last forever. I feel like I still get them every now and then if I take a good shit. <laughs> but actually.
1: <laughs> yeah, I um, think you're right. I think they do last forever. Right?
0: Like that's, I feel like they're still there. Anyway. Um, then I got those, but top tap hemorrhoid cream's great for under eye bags. So, um, make sure you wash your hands in between, but don't waste <laughs> that shit. So Rocky fell off a, um, seesaw once and he, I had taken him to the ENT specialist because they thought he broke his nose. And I sat down and I'm minding my own business and I look up and the fucking hemorrhoid doctor is sitting right in front of me with his head <laughs> and like, he would have had no idea who I was, but I was like, I know who you are. And all I could think about was him looking at me going, oh, Harry Hemorrhoid, eh? How's he going? Like, he was picturing my <laughs> asshole when he was looking at me, but I know he wasn't. Like, he's seen more hemorrhoids in his time than just mine. But, like, I was like, oh, I never want to see yeah. you again in my life, bro. Um. So, yeah, but apart from that, recovery was fine. I remember taking my first poo and coming out into the lounge and saying to my mum and Jared, yes, and they both clapped for me. And that was really exciting. <laughs> So, um, yeah, my mum told me that if you hold a little bit of toilet paper over your vagina when you take your first shit, it'll help, and it did, so that's another little handy tip for you. Like, you kind of feel like you're holding your vag- It's not going to fall out, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I think um, that's um, yeah, very good recovery advice.
0: Yeah, but recovery-wise <laughs> was great.
1: Cool. And how did you sort of find down the track um, life with two kids, and is there any advice that you'd give to parents out there who are about to take that jump as well?
0: Um. no no, no advice like you made that decision (laughs) suck it up and get on with it nah um but I remember the first time I was home alone with both kids and I was feeding Ruby and Rocky was just like oh he was just trying to claw her face and stuff just your average sibling situation and I remember just feeding Ruby and he would run at me and I would fend him off with my hand (laughs) and push him over and he would get back up and run back at me and that's all I could do to get through that moment, like, that's my, is such a clear memory of just sitting on my bed feeding my kid and pushing my other kid to the ground in a nice way so that it bought me more time for him to not A, kill her and me actually feed her. Um, so, you've just gotta do, my theory was, bang two kids out, a baby shit, a newborn shit and a toddler shit. So just bang it out, get it done together and then you come out the other end.
1: That was yeah, my theory. Think, um...
0: Now that I've got two kids, I don't know if it's, like, valid, but, like, that, it worked at the time.
1: Yeah, I think um, I have lots of messages saying, like, oh, can you ask um... – you know, mums out there who are making the jump from one to two, how do they find it and what advice would they give? But I think you're probably right. It sort of just is one of those things and you it do is it what and you just is. get through you've it, let it go.
0: You you, Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you've sure. just got to do what you've got to do. Like there's no planning for it. There's no prepping for it. You can buy all the fucking Play-Doh in the world, but you don't want to sit down with your kid and do it because your other kid's screaming or your nipples bleeding or your <laughs> vagina's bleeding. Like it's a shit show. But like now they're kind of great, kind of.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Awesome. And so just before we finish up, I would love to ask you some questions about your surrogacy. So I know that um, this is a new or kind of new. I know it's been a while for you guys, but maybe new for other people journey that you guys have been on. So Rocky and Ruby are six and a half and four and a half, and you've decided or how did you come to this decision of – Yep, yeah, I want to start um the surrogacy process with Tess and Dan and are they your friends or do you want to take us through that
0: yeah so we um it's kind of like Instagram's Tinder for a lot of things than just a route um, <laughs> well actually it kind of is a route but it's not a route um we so I had Tess I do I kind of didn't introduce myself very well um and I um, run some events. I do my own speaking events. Um, and then I also run some events, but um, I did a mothers in business event. So I had to speak at one of my events and she spoke about how she had um, chronic fatigue and um, all of these other things. And she was incredible. And I just like loved her. But then she opened up about her childbirth with the, they've got a little girl Indy who is, um, just turned or two, but actually that was probably ages ago. Um, and she at childbirth had to have an emergency hysterectomy to stop her hemorrhaging, to stop her bleeding. She lost her body bloody. Ugh. She lost her body blood twice over, and the only way to stop that was to um to remove her womb. So she still has her ovaries and um can, you know, make a baby in that sense, but she can't carry a baby. So when I heard that story, and then it would have maybe been like. A couple of months later, I was in Australia with my mum and the kids and Jared was due to come over in a few days. And she put on Instagram, we're going to start looking for a surrogate. And I was like, shit, I could do that. So I said to my mum, I thought about it all that night. And the next day I was like, yo, Pauline, what do you reckon? And she again was like, fuck, well, if B's made her mind up, she's made her mind up. We'll just come along for the ride. Um, and then I text Jared, or actually I'd probably already text Jared and I said, this is a situation what do you think and he literally texts back and said as long as we don't keep it I'm good with it um (laughs) so we were very much done with having children and then I kind of messaged her and was like hey yo I've talked to some people and like I'm real keen to like you know explore this more and that was maybe that was a year and a half ago so it was about June or July two years ago so coming up two years um and then oh so I really wanted to go on the block and uh, if you know me you'll know my block <laughs> journey and so I was like I'm not committing to anything until I've heard back from the block which um so it's so, so that was at like, six months out of that process so um as soon as we found out we didn't get on the block whatever which we're bloody glad we did just before <laughs> in case you're listening block and, um I we started the process so that entails it's basically took so it's really taken a year um, and that was counselling, individual counselling, group counselling, couple counselling. And by counselling, it's not going over your own problems. It's just going over making sure everyone's like in it for the right reasons, understands everything fully. Um, we had to speak with a lawyer. We've had to do blood tests. We've had to do STD tests, um, you know, everything you could ever imagine. And it basically took a year all up. And they had to do an IVF cycle because she's obviously got her ovaries. Um, They can make the baby. And then, um, yeah, yeah, they just whack it on in me. So we had the transfer, (laughs) um, what, like two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago. Um, And then found out on Monday that I am pregnant. I'm knocked the fuck up. And then... um, But my levels were a little bit low. So there were 75. My HGC levels were 75 and they would have liked them to be 100. So I this morning went back for more blood. So we're just waiting for those results to make sure that, um, everything's fine because it's a real, like, it's only a 42% chance of, um, the embryo taking. So it will either just take or it won't take. Um, so there was never any like real, there was always the possibility that it wouldn't work. Um, I started getting pregnancy symptoms similar to my own children um last week one of my first signs is I get really I get the dries I get really dehydrated like in my mouth um I yeah just like things like that I definitely was getting like symptoms and so the positive result on Monday wasn't like a super like surprise like I felt like it was going to be positive um then today I'm like probably a little bit more nervous just because it's that like okay yeah you're pregnant but also I never got my levels tested with my other children so I don't know whether that's my norm so it's just that kind of abnormal and last week I had some like bleeding which for me is super normal I had um implantation bleeding for both kids so that wasn't even a concern whereas this time it's like the unknown I'm like oh I don't know so by this afternoon we will know um we will not make sure that everything's fine and I'm, again, still feeling really positive, but um, they've got, I believe they've got four embryos, if not six. I'm not really good at, like, remembering things or questions or, you know, life. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we will just kind of cross that bridge when we come to it, if it comes down to that. But we, some people would be like, why we've shared the news publicly, and some people would be like, why would you do that at four, four weeks, two days? Um, but it's really important for both Tess and I that we're super honest and share every single part of this journey Um I'm super passionate about we both are but I guess being the surrogate not the intending um, um, or oh, whatever they're called parents see I'm really bad at the terms Um <laughs> Is I just would love people to consider this as an option there's so many other ways to have children Um and also just like talking about fertility issues I've had a lot of feedback like because it is such a taboo thing and like, you know, even pregnancy, like miscarriages are also very common, like so common yet we don't talk about them. So if that's what happens, then obviously that is devastating, but I'm so prepared and so is Tess even this early on to just, it's also going to be the longest fucking pregnancy in history. Um, Yeah. But yeah, we're just real keen to share it all and I'm really excited to share it again and maybe we can revisit it um, and solely focus on that at some point if your people want to listen to that
1: yeah yeah absolutely I think um I would love to have maybe you Tess and Dan on the podcast at some stage um to talk about your surrogacy journey and your birth and everything like that and I am really looking forward to following your journey so thank you for sharing with us
0: yeah thank you and it will be cool I think um yeah to do the whole surrogate I know that you've done surrogate but just um we are hoping to have a home birth as well. Um Tiz and Dan are really on board with that. Uh obviously we just will wait and see how we go. But I think that will be that's like I just pictured that environment for this type of situation um will be the most incredible yeah. thing to be able to I just feel so lucky that I'm able to do it for them. And I just love giving birth, which is so weird, but y'all <laughs> know.
1: Yeah, awesome. And I was gonna ask you, do Rocky and Ruby understand what's going on? Do they sort of know that you're gonna be pregnant but it's not a baby that will be staying with you and all that sort of stuff?
0: Yeah, so we uh, are like parenting philosophy is pretty chill. And um, I think that we don't give our kids in general enough credit for what they can comprehend, understand and do. Um, And so we've been super honest with them the whole time. One of my biggest concerns when I looked at doing it, I wrote a pros and cons list. And one of that was, will my children be okay with this? Um, Obviously, that's really important. And, um, so we've just been really open. To be of Ruby was my biggest concern, cause like, she'll cut a bitch for a baby, like, actual. Um, so I was <laughs> worried about her, but they have been amazing. Um, they fully, they could tell you, well, Ruby doesn't really talk, but Rocky, that he would be able to tell you every single thing that's happened. Ruby's just become really obsessed yeah. with my boobs, like, breastfeeding. <laughs> I'm like, bitch, we're a long way off that. Um, and Rocky, th- like, m- 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 Rocky probably knows more than your average six-year-old knows about most things in life, but he knows, yeah. um, thanks to his father, he, if you said to him, how's about, ba- where does baby come from? He'll say a dad's nutsack. Um, so that's cool. Thanks, Jared. Um, and if yeah. you, he could tell you that that's where, that's where a baby starts and then it put in the vagina and then it's you're pregnant and then you give birth out of your vagina. There's no fucking seed here yeah. or there or a fucking stalk or this or that. Yeah, he doesn't know what <laughs> sex is or like how sex happens, but he knows that basically your dad's nut sex where it starts and then out of the vagina it comes. Um, So I do worry <laughs> a little bit what he tells his mates at school and what their parents think, but uh, yeah. I spoke to his teacher the day of the transfer. He knew that's why Tess and Dan were here. 'cause they, they stayed here with us and the kids adore them. And um I so we, I had explained, you know, mum's getting the baby put in her. Um so I was pregnant from that second in his mind. And that afternoon a mum at school talked to me about it who I'm like friends with, so that was fine. Or like, you know, socialized with. And she um she yeah I just realized at that point I've not talked to Rocky's teacher about this and fuck knows what they think's going on so I went and spoke with his teacher and oh my god she was just laughing and laughing because like he basically told her that they were going to hospital to get me and the baby and like (laughs) just what he must tell what this poor woman must hear um but I just thought that I just wanted her to be um and Ruby's kindy teachers know everything just so that if they are concerned about how our kids might be feeling at any point in the next, you know, year um, that they can talk to me about it and vice versa. If I need to talk to them about something or, you know, that extra support yeah. when we do have the baby. And at the moment we're all like happy, fun, you know, joy, joy, but that could change when I give birth. You know, even myself, people ask me about that and how I will feel and all of that. And, um, you know, at the moment I'm so excited to be able to have Tess test and down the baby, but I also know That there's the potential of like, when I'm hormonal and I've given birth, like, yeah, it's probably, it's super normal that I might feel something different at the time. Um, you know, and same with the kids. Like, as much as they know what's happening, we're very aware that they, um, you know, that could change for them as well. Uh, Rocky asked me if we will post Tess and Dan the baby in the post. Yeah. So had to explain that to him. It's, uh, it's probably frowned upon to post a baby um, and that Tess and Dan will come and get the baby. So like they're very aware of everything, but it's with, yeah, yeah, I cannot just, I just worry about what he tells other children at school. That's all.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I think his teacher would probably get a good uh, few laughs out of him every day. (laughs) I can just imagine.
0: And not just, not just around surrogacy, like actual, that kid is like out of control.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Rebecca, for coming on the podcast and sharing your stories with us. And I really look forward to following your surrogacy journey and for sure would love to have you guys back on the podcast and um, chat about that once you've given birth and and, um, find out more information about surrogacy in New Zealand and how that all goes. So I wish you all the best with your um, pregnancy and also Tess and Dan, obviously. And yeah, I can't wait to follow along. But thank you for coming on and sharing with us. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. I'd love to hear your feedback. So either leave a review on the podcast app that you're listening on or head to our Instagram at Kiwi Birth Tales and leave a comment there. If you're interested in sharing your birth tale, then please head to the Instagram page and use the email link to get in touch. Thanks again for listening. I really look forward to sharing the next episode with you.